0: Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. You believe in that? Anybody believe in that? Raise their hand. I don't know about you, but this week I was following the trial of Amber Geyer, the, the police officer that mistakenly went into the wrong apartment thinking it was her own and uh, shot and killed a young black man. Our city has been torn apart in many ways. And this is not the first time. For as much work as we've done over the years, our country is still torn by racism. I don't have the answers to the deep cultural divide that still exists. Neither do I know what's right or wrong about Amber Geyer's Senate's Or her conviction. And neither do I believe that the forgiveness that Brant Jean, the brother of Botham, was permission. What I do know is that Brant Jean, the brother of Botham, taught us something about what it means to be a peacemaker on Wednesday. As he spoke to the family during the family impact statement at the end of the trial.
1: Say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that but I just, I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the, thing, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself. Not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. Mm. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die, just like my brother did. But I see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but. I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, Please? Please?
0: What that video didn't show is that the judge Came down out of her high perch Went to the back of the court And got a bible And gave it To Amber And said This is your work Start with John 3.16 While the metroplex Was about to explode A young man took all the air out of the hatred with I love you. I forgive you. Can I give you a hug? Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our strength and our redeemer. Amen. We live in a world full of hatred. Now, we may be excited about what uh, that young man did last night. They believe that there were some individuals that were waiting on the key witness, Joshua Brown. A neighbor of Brant Jean, of Botham Jean, and he was murdered. The cycle continues. Blessed are the peacemakers. This is a difficult passage for us because Jesus is digging deep into the uh, the human condition with these words. Because what Jesus is not saying, what Jesus is not saying here, he's not saying blessed are those who are of a peaceful disposition. He's not saying. Blessed are those who yearn or want or desire or whose aspirations are peace. He's not saying blessed are those who are easygoing. He's saying not blessed are those who want peace or who would bring peace at any price. He's not saying blessed are those who compromise. Not saying blessed are those who avoid trouble. Neither is he saying blessed are those Are there countries or sects or societies or individuals who have the appearance of peace? For the appearance of peace may just be the absence of war. Jesus is saying, blessed are the peacemakers. When Jesus speaks of peacemakers, the word that's used in the Greek to describe what Jesus is saying is the word erinpois, erinpois. It's an interesting Greek word because the word itself means to work and to build, to be an architect for wholeness in another person's life. To work for wholeness in another person's life. Hmm. Kind of puts a di- Does that put a different spin on it for you? To work for wholeness in another person's life. We often see peacemakers as those persons who are, are trying to change the systems of this world. And certainly we need to do that. Uh, especially in the church. We need to be prophetic in our voice about those unjust systems in our society and in our world. But at its core, the peacemaker is one who is looking at the individual. Those individuals that we see when we wake up in the morning, when we go to work, when we go out to the field when our kids are playing, or the school... When the orchestra or the music is being performed, or the classroom or the workplace, to be makers of peace. And here's the problem, I, and I, I really believe that this is the problem. And 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 there were those who laid this criticism against Brandt on on Wednesday evening and Thursday. the The problem is that. We fear that forgiveness is permission, that if I forgive someone that I'm giving them permission to continue in their behavior. Have, does that make sense? I mean, we, we all have that fear that if I forgive a behavior, that I'm just giving them permission to continue on in that behavior. We do that with our kids. You know, as parents, the great thing about a grandparent is that I don't have to worry about making my grandkids into a sociopath. I can just spoil them. You know, that's their parents' job, to worry about whether or not they're, they're going to be sociopaths in the future. And, and that's at the core of our fear of forgiveness, is that we're afraid that somehow... We are going to enable. We are going to give permission that we are going to encourage. And so we are afraid. But Jesus didn't say um, that we should be a doormat or a pushover. When we look at the, at the, at the core of Jesus' teachings and the letters that, that Paul writes for us and Peter and James, what we see there is forgiveness is not advocating for injustice. We're not victims. Instead, we offer forgiveness and mercy as a means of of loosing the power of God to make new and to reconcile. And personally, when we forgive, when we become a peacemaker, we we are releasing the justice of God to God. That's God's job. We are about the business of, of wholeness, of forgiveness, of peacemaking, of transforming in every way that we can, both personally and systemically, those places of injustice in our world with love. I, one of my favorite stories is the story of the Hatfields and the McCoys. It's a, probably one of the most popular uh, feuds in terms of, of movies and books and series. The Hatfields and McCoys, one lived in West Virginia, the other lived in Kentucky, and there was a, a river there that was the, the state line that separated two families. And, and we don't know uh, whether they were uh, together in the Civil War. And we know there was some connection there. But what we do know is that when they came back from the Civil War, there was a conflict between, between um, William Hatfield and Randolph McCoy. And as it began to fester, and here's the crazy part do you know what the first argument was over? The ownership of a pig. And they both wanted justice. And they saw the deaths of their sons and their grandsons and their nephews. They say that the conflict of the Hatfields and McCoys ended somewhere in the 1890s. But what we do know is that that conflict actually continued through the 20th century. And finally... In two thousand and three, in June, the great, great, great grandchildren of William and Randolph gathered together to sign a peace agreement. Over a hundred years later, several lost their lives. Many went to jail. Wealth was lost over a pig. Then we think, "Well, but what's at the heart of our conflicts?" Many times we can't even remember. The word for peace in the Hebrew is shalom, and oftentimes we, if, if we use the word, we use it kind of. Uh, In a a careless way, shalom, as if we're saying hello. Shalom means more than just the absence of strife. Shalom is not just no bickering and no fighting. Shalom means the presence of wholeness. At the very heart of that Hebrew word is the word that is used to describe the words of Jesus Blessed are the peacemakers. Peace for the broken, tormented minds. Peace for terrible, ripped-apart homes. Peace for reputations that have have been destroyed by lust. Peace for the lands that have been ripped by ethnic cleansing and murder and rape. Peace for a world that is dying. Peace for our community. Where hatred is built upon hatred. Jesus goes on to say, Because they shall be called children of God. And what I think is happening here is Jesus is addressing the legacy that we leave behind. We are children of God. Do we deserve to be called children of God? Look at your life. Your primary relationships, your actions at work, the way you deal with your neighbors in your neighborhood, the way we operate at church. Peacemakers. And when our last breath is drawn, how will they remember us? I'm sure you've heard the story about the Swedish kin, uh, chemist who invited dynamite in, the 18th, in 1866. At the height of his fame, he had um, 250, 350 patents, labs in 20 countries, 90, fact- 90 factories that were manufacturing dynamite and ammunition. In 1888, his brother Ludwig died in Keynes, France. And what happened to Alfred is that um, the French newspapers mistaken Ludwig for Alfred. And so they wrote this big article. And the article was entitled, um, The Father of Death is Dead. And it horrified Alfred he thought oh my goodness for all this wealth for all this influence for all of that i have done the father of death and so from that moment he took his wealth and invested it in peace and today you know who he is for he is the founder of the nobel prize for peace And that's how he will be remembered. How will you be remembered when all is said and done? Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. When we come to the altar at Holy Communion, we... um, we have the opportunity to claim and celebrate our inheritance for it was it was on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said take eat this is my body which is given for you and likewise after supper he took the cup And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, This is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And he said these key words, Do this in remembrance of me. And when we come to the altar, we come to claim the character of God. When we come to the altar, we we come to claim our inheritance as children of God. When we come to the altar and receive the bread and the cup, we remember... The sacrifice that has been given for us and therefore the sacrifice that we are called to in life, to be like Jesus, to be one with Christ and one with each other. So when you come to the altar today, I want you to ask the question, what personal God have you called me to make peace What group of people have you called me to make peace? What institution have you called me to be a voice of peace? And see what God says to you today. For when we break the bread, is it not also a means of sharing in the body of Christ? And when we give thanks over the cup, Is it not also a means of sharing in the blood of Christ? Let us pray. Pour out your Holy Spirit, O God, upon this bread and this cup. May they be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And may we be for you, your presence in this world, your children. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Those who are serving, if you'll please come forward at this time. And as they come, receive this invitation that the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was given by by Jesus as a means of us remembering His broken body and His blood and what He has done for us. And so, you are invited to come to this table. In our tradition, we ask no questions of denomination or church affiliation. But invite all who proclaim the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so as you are here, may you come to celebrate the great gift that God has given to us in Jesus Christ. Amen.